You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, what's up, folks? This probably sounds a little bit different than you're used to because I'm recording it on my phone as my normal recording gear is all packed up in my truck. Uh, If you've been following on social media, you probably know that my area has been just blasted by fires. We were put on level two evacuation notice, which basically means put all your stuff in your vehicle and be prepared to leave at a moment's notice. And so I put my grandpa's Les Paul Jr. and his amp in my truck, uh, along with all of my recording gear, as far as the the podcast is concerned. And I stuck it in there, not really knowing where we were going to end up, and just kind of waited around for a few days. And fortunately, they put us back to level one, which means uh, just stay alert be uh, ready to leave but you don't necessarily have to be like ready to leave right now because the fire is approaching it's just hey be on notice and yeah things are looking better the weather's improving as far as fire conditions are concerned and hopefully this will all be behind us sooner rather than later um i want to give a big public thank you to everyone who messaged me expressing their concern and given the good thoughts and all that stuff And also everyone who messaged me basically ready to show up with their vehicles and help rescue the Shred Shed. There was a lot of people who hit me up about that, and I really appreciate that. That means a lot. We were only able to really fit one guitar in, which is kind of crazy because one of the things I've said for years is if I could only take one with me, it would be Granddad's Junior. And we got to test that out in real time. Fortunately, everything's fine. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's safe. And, yeah, we're looking a lot better now. So that's the update on that. Um, For all those who maybe don't follow me on social media. So that's that. And let's talk about happy stuff now. Well, I I should say, I am happy that we're all good and nothing, nothing bad ended up happening with myself or my family. So we're not out of the woods yet, but we're looking pretty good. Anyway, on to today's show. Coming back for episode 200. This is crazy that it's episode 200 and I'm doing the intro on my phone. Weird. Anyway, we have Ariel Posen, who is a legend, and I'm super stoked to have him back on. He talks about all kinds of stuff. We talk about his big, beefy guitar strings and his big, beefy, beautiful face and all that jazz. It was a great conversation. He's a delight to talk to. Had some good wisdom to impart to everybody, and it was Yeah, just a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Mr. Ariel Posen. Hello, everyone. 
everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have returning my buddy, Ariel Posen. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, not much. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I uh, just got back from from Nashville, which was kind of a, a weird thing. I haven't obviously went anywhere this year that, that was your first travel experience that was my that was my first travel experience and uh it was it was solid you know i had uh i had the row to myself and for m- most of the flights i had all the room around me as well so that was a uh, that was quite nice although probably not all that profitable for the airline but it was nice for me when you say mostly had your own space like does that mean that one of the flights had someone right beside you no, I well, I had someone right beside me on one connecting flight at first, and then they were like, "We have seats avail- available. Who wants to move?" And my hand immediately shot up. Right, <laughs> right, so right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What are they doing? They're packing us in here like sardines." And then I was like, looking, I was like, well, "The front of the plane's pretty empty," and a bunch of us got to move. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, the airlines are just everything's about the business, and they just want to. You want they want to recoup all their losses, so they're just full on, just like we were flying before. As many tickets as we can sell, let's oversell these flights. Not that they're going to oversell anything because people still aren't flying as much as they were. But yeah, I was just on a flight just over two weeks ago as well, my first one since the madness, and uh, everyone had their own space. I think I think it would have been a little infuriating if they were packing everybody on like sardines, but it's just yeah, not that I've- busy. I, I flew Alaska, uh, but the one flight where they were they were packing us in there, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe Alaska had to cancel their flight or something, but they ended up putting us on an American flight. Oh. So, of course, of course, American, uh, you know, packed us in there like sardines at first. But the, right. the flight attendants were, were really nice and uh, spread us all out. But Alaska is actually, you know, they have a, uh, they're not selling the middle seat rule. Oh, that's uh, good. On a big plane, and uh, a few other things that they're they're doing that I purposely flew with them because I was like, okay, they're actually still doing something. So. Oh, well, that's that's good to know. Like, I, I always fly. I mean, being in Canada, I'm always Air Canada, like just Star Alliance, so you know, United or any of those <coughs> companies. And I think they're all back to as many tickets as we can sell. No more middle seat rule. We'll just stuff yawn, which is kind of unfortunate. But again, I've only, I've like like you, I've only had one travel experience in this whole pandemic time so far. So so far, so good. <laughs> so you were in, uh, yeah. you were you were with Scott and the guys, right? I was. Then- I was down there. They're getting ready to move shop, and I was down there helping them prep the new shop for the new machines and stuff, which I actually did in the location there in now as well. So just running pneumatics and running electrical and, and things like that to get it ready so when the when they do make the move it is as seamless as possible and they can just drop things into place fire things up and rock and roll which it, it will never be that easy but i tried <laughs> tried my best to make it as close to that fantasy as possible right oh that's great i mean i've, I've been at their i'm assuming it was their location their previous where they still are just just like uh, just outside of city center there down that down that road uh in that cute little spot it's actually it was pretty big um but that's all i've seen and that was already i want to say two years ago 
Yeah, so they... Yeah, I think you've seen them in their current space, and they're still in that same building. It's oh, just it is the same building. All, yeah, yeah, they're just in a place that's twice the size now, or they will oh, be okay, here. Okay, okay. So it's on, instead of being on the end you experienced it on, which would be almost the far right as you look at the building, it will be the very first unit on the left. And there's a giant sign now, so they're, they're easier to find. I saw the picture of the sign. That's epic, yeah. Yeah, I told Scott, I was like, for somebody who doesn't want walk-ins, you know, you're going to yeah. get walk-ins now. <laughs> yeah, maybe do a maybe do a bit smaller sign, Scott. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we'll see how this goes. I'm like, yeah, you're you're definitely going to get people knocking on the door because it's very yeah. visible. In yeah, fact, it, uh, we, they posted something on, on Instagram. They reshared the video that I posted and somebody was like, oh, yeah, I work right across the street from there. I saw that going up. So it's already happening. And so it begins. So it begins. Yeah, they were but, pretty incognito before, but you got to you got to step it up. You got to start somewhere. That's right. That's a good move. Looks good. Yeah. You've been with them for how long now? I want to say I've been using their stuff. I think the first time I tried their strings two, five years ago, 2015. Oh, okay. So yeah. Like, yeah, it's been a minute. Really early on. Yeah. 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 Right from the early stages. That's cool. That's cool. You've kind of just, you've taken a journey together into the great beyond. Totally. Yeah. I, I just, you know, those guys... I mean, Scott primarily, who who I'm always dealing with, he's just always he's just such a nice guy, and he's down for the cause. He's always always there to help when you're stuck in a pinch and you you know you need something. He's always there to help you out. Whenever I'm in Nashville, he'll come out to a show. We'll hang out. Uh, always love to see him at Nam. You know, he's just one of those. He's just a friend. He's just a good good guy. He and is. good strings, good and he makes good strings, and that helps too. But really good guy. <laughs> yeah, Nam. Wow. Uh, speaking of Nam, the last time you and I talked, you you'd sent me a message that was, I was like, "Who's sending me this message about the back of my head?" And I turned yeah, around I and it was behind you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old little sneak attack at the uh, the Fender Jam, whatever the hell that was. Yeah, Jam. I, I was I was billed to me as like it was going to be some sort of competition, but it was just like an epic concert. Yeah, I'm so glad it wasn't a competition. That would have been so weird. But it was it yeah, it was a very weird. very jammy kind of thing. Oh, it was jam? No, not jam play. Jam card. That's right. It was it was their kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, there was a lot. That was, of, that was cool. That was a lot of like plugging your ears and yelling at each other, trying to have a conversation. So what's going on? <laughs> How are you doing? Well, Kenny Wynn Shepard is just going? like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't see him. I, I think I left before he he uh, he played. But that was, it was pretty epic. I like the setup with everyone kind of circling around the, the stage area and doing like the 360 thing. I think that's really cool. I guess that's yeah, the that point. Yeah, that was neat. Because they film it and it looks good on video. <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was really cool. That was a that was a fun evening for everyone. Man, do you think we're gonna get to experience those things again? What's your what's your take on it? Because I know you're a you're an infectious disease expert. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am actually just of these last couple of months got my degree. Um, <laughs> basically, I think it will, but it's gonna be a while. I I, I think 
I think we should expect at least another year or more. Yeah. Seriously. You know, until, and and it's, it's one thing for it to come back and, you know, if there's a vaccine and that passes trials and it's safe and everyone starts doing that, it's not going to go away. It's it's still going to be around. Therefore, those kind of, uh, those kind of experiences might be back, but a lot of people are going to not necessarily want to be part of that. There's going to be a huge amount of people that are dying to see live music and, and be in situations like that and they'll be running, but. I think there's going to be a lot more people that aren't so keen on that now that things have changed. So there's going to be this real, as there has been a transitionary period, I think there's going to be just as much of another one once the dust finally settles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do I know? We None of us know anything. That's just my assumption. I think, I think it'll be back, of course, but it's going to be a while yet. And if it means missing, you know, a couple more NAMs, a couple more... Trade shows, a couple more. Well, I mean, for me, it's like touring and stuff like that. Missing a lot more opportunity of playing live, which it really hurts. Uh, so be it. That's just how it is. Yeah, there's nothing nothing we can do about it, so we might as well adapt. And, you know, I, I was talking to Joel from Chase Bliss about this when it first started happening. And mm-hmm. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I was like, you know, honestly, it's it's never a good time to have a pandemic. But this is absolutely <laughs> the the best time in history to for this to have happened, you know. Like, why, why is that? Well, our connectivity and the oh, the oh ability, because of that, of course, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and then you know, obviously, we are in a more advanced society than at least that you know that we're aware of. We're in the most advanced society that's been here, and uh, you know, not to get into the aliens, we save that for Patreon, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and and so hopefully the, you know, vaccine or whatever they need to have happen uh, gets done quick, more quickly because we do have more advanced technologies and stuff. But also just the fact that we do we got to stay hunkered down. Can you imagine how much worse that would have been if we couldn't well, like, like a lot, rem, yeah. you know, remotely talk to our friends? You couldn't do live streams. You couldn't, you know connect in that way at least we still had that it's not the same but it's a lot better than nothing totally like i'm pretty sure for the spanish flu which lasted i think from start to end it was two years Mm -hmm. i don't think they had instagram live yet so i don't think anyone was (laughs) i don't think was (laughs) anyone was live streaming then uh, or doing zoom meetings and yes i mean just imagine i know life is somewhat of a new normal now like Stores are open. Some restaurants are open. Lots of lots is open, and a lot of people are back to work, just in different capacities. But those first couple months, where everyone was, you know, stuck at home, really, just imagine the isolation of, of two years of that. And the only way to, you know, reach out to someone is, you know, I, I guess there's no way you really, you really had to do the thing, and you don't I mean, know. I don't even getting, know. Were phones available? I don't know if phones were available, not widely, in 1918. I don't think. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I don't know. There must must have been some form of communication, but not like not like what we think. It was a lot more isolating, I can I can bet on that. But that my point is too, like, you know, they didn't have the technology like you were saying. If that took two years, you better believe there was a lot of people that didn't want to wear masks, didn't want to stay home. Um I'd like to think that we can beat that time if we if we do the right things 
in, in terms of like beating two years of this, you know? Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can. It seems, uh, it seems kind of bleak at the moment, but I, I know that there's already trials going on for, for vaccines and stuff. So that's hopeful and we'll totally see what happens. I guess we, the, for the time being, we can just do what we can do. So I guess that leads me into, I don't want to dwell on that too long. Cause you know, that's all anybody hears about anymore. But what yep. have you been up to during these times? How have you made it work for yourself? Uh, well, I, I'm pretty fortunate that, you know, I can, like yourself, you got a, you have a bunch of different things going on. Music for me isn't just going on tour and playing shows. Uh, you know, I, I'll do a lot of Skype teaching or I'll do a lot of sessions for people. I can just, you know, I, I have a setup at home. Uh, I do some video stuff for people. I, I have a lot that was still that can still keep me busy to a degree, and I've been working on a bunch of music. Most importantly, so I've I've kind of had my hands full. There's days where it feels like I'm still very busy, and days where I feel like I'm retired. You know what I mean? It's hard to <laughs> it's it be, the the line is blurred. It, it all kind of seems it ebbs and flows. But right when stuff started, I finished a bunch of touring, and it was the end of the cycle anyway. So my plan was to take. March, April, a little bit of May off from any shows anyways. I was going to just hunker down, start work on this record, this newer record, and just kind of relax a bit. And this happened. And, you know, that first week or two, it was really cute when everyone was like, ha well, all our stuff in March and April just be moved to June and July instead now. You know, I didn't have shows starting till June. So I thought, you know what? Nothing's really different for me. We'll get back to it in in a couple months, and sure enough, it kept getting pushed back more and more, and then everything got canceled. And yeah, I I was doing a lot of teaching, doing a lot of a little bit of writing actually, working on this record of mine, uh, doing a bunch of sessions for people, and but most of all, I've just been enjoying being home and being in a routine, which is something I haven't done in years. Being on tour all the time, you just feel better mentally and physically. And being home with family, you know, it's just, I have definitely not taken this time for granted. I've, there's a lot of it that I have really, really enjoyed actually. And it's made me realize, and I can speak on a bunch, for a bunch of musicians that I know, uh, we all miss playing and, but there's a lot about touring and traveling and even playing shows that people are not missing at the moment and this time (laughs) away from it. And this time away from it has really made people realize kind of where their priorities lie and, and what's worth it and what isn't. So I think when we all come back to this and we start working again, some people are going to think twice about the opportunities that they're taking and that they're doing because they're realizing, wait a minute, I was like breaking my back just for this kind of thing. Now that I'm not doing like three, four months of, I guess we're like half a year already of pandemic. We're just like, oh man, I would never do something like that now that I've had so much time away from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So long, long story short, yeah, I, I, I've still had a bunch to keep my hands full. Uh, it's not ideal and it's not the way I, I wish it was, of course. But, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I wasn't just playing shows on, on the road or locally. Because, I mean, if, if that was all I did right now, and that used to be all I, all I did, 
if that was taken away from me and I wasn't doing anything else, I would really, you know, you feel that you lose that feeling of identity and purpose. And I know there's many, many people out there in that boat. So I'm, I'm really feeling for them. And, and I, I'm, I'm just trying not to feel bad for myself because everyone is in the same position. So I'm just trying to make the most of it. It's all we can do. Yeah, I think that's very well said. I, there's, it's easy. I mean, right when this started happening, I definitely was like, oh no, like not just because it's a big, scary pandemic, but I was also like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> like yeah, is this going yeah. to impact me negatively? Like, I didn't know. I was like, I think I'm probably going to have to go to work for Amazon or something because, you know, got to pay the yeah, bills. Yeah. Sure. But fortunately, I got busier than ever, which was not what I anticipated. And so wow. I've been very thankful for that and very thankful for everybody's support during this time because, yeah, it... Uh, I, I haven't I haven't had a break, <laughs> so wow, which I, I which is good. This is a good thing. I'm not complaining about it. I'm yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very no. thankful, more thankful than ever, honestly, to to be doing what I do and keep chugging along on on this internet thing. I'm I'm about to make even more work for myself, and I don't I don't know why I do these things to myself, but I'm I'm not sure when I'm going to drop this episode, but. This is the day before I embark on my 30 videos in 30 days journey for YouTube. And uh, Oh wow. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> well, you're a hustler, man. You're a hustler, you know. You 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 come from the the mentality, you just know that, you know, opportunity and things aren't just going to knock on your door. You got to really go out there and make stuff happen for yourself and no one's no one's out there to do you any favors. It's all got to come with, it's all got to come from within. And you're, you're a perfect example of, you know, putting in the work, putting in the time and, and staying at it and staying consistent. And, uh, it, sh it shows, you know? Well, so are you. That's actually something that Scott and I have talked about a bunch of times. Like, man, Ariel's like one of the, the biggest, I mean, you're, you're an amazingly talented player and artist, not to just like, you know, make you blush or anything but you are you're very good at what you do and everybody knows it but on top of that you're not just resting on that you're you're a grinder too <laughs> you're always like you know pre-pandemic of course you're like i'm in italy teaching these people this and I, oh now i'm flying over here to do this gig and now i'm flying over here to do this <laughs> thing and i'm like wow you are really like you're really you're putting it in the work too it's a little different kind kind of uh thing but it's it all comes from the same place noticeable. it's like-minded well awesome I, yes. I appreciate that i mean when i first started becoming a musician and both my parents are musicians too and they always supported what i wanted to do it but they said listen like we're not going to get in the way and tell you that you're going to be a struggling musician you know we support you you do whatever you want but just remember that if you want to work and you want to you know, success is a relative term. If you want to be able to just, to me, success is just being able to do it and keep doing it at any kind of level. But they basically said, if you really want to do this and take it seriously, you got to go out there and you got to make, make it happen for yourself. Like don't wait for other people to, to take notice you know, or, or, you know, necessarily it's just, it's everything and every, every opportunity is going to come from you making a connection, you putting yourself out there, you doing something. So just, you know, fo focus on and try to be good. Like try to make sure it's great. But like, 
put yourself out there, hustle. Don't wait for the phone to ring. So yeah, I kind of have always had that mentality, and I've always tried to preach that as well, because it's kind of it's just kind of true. Unless you're like you really, know, really, really good, and everyone just calls you. <laughs> uh, I don't. Even, I don't know. I don't know if. Yeah, that's, maybe not. I mean, when you get to a certain level, yeah, absolutely. But I, I still think there are very few artists out there that are like, well, I got really good at guitar or whatever their instrument is, and uh, the next day I was. I was world famous. Like no, that doesn't, there's lots of excellent players that nobody knows about. Like, yeah, but like even the that's best just players, one piece of the puzzle. Totally, but like you know, any talk to any working musician that maybe has a gig on the road, they play in a band or they play for an artist. You better believe that. Like once you hit the road, all your gigs back home keep going on without you, and people will continually put these shows on and do gigs with someone else. Or they'll just have mm-hmm. subs for you. Like all these people, when you come back from the road, the, the number one thing you start doing, it's like maybe like the last four or five days of tour, you start emailing everybody again and being like, hey, just letting you know I'm back for the next month and a half. If you got anything going on, like you got to constantly keep reminding people like, hey, I'm around. I'm, I'm available to do this. Like I, can, I can't. There's been a million times that opportunities came to me because... I I reached out and reminded people, hey, I'm I'm actually back for a couple of weeks uh, if you want to do something. Or I said, or I even just reached out and said, hey, how's it going? And they were like, oh, good. Are you in town these days? I'm like, no, but I'll be back next week. I'm just finished. And they're like, oh, well, I I'd love I'm doing this thing. I'd love to have. It's like, oh, great. You just have to you know put yourself out there. It's one of those weird things. Music. This is something that I've talked about with a lot of people. Music, and I can speak to this from my perspective it's something i i'm very passionate about obviously and i've always wanted to be involved in but i never i never could see myself doing what you do uh with the touring and everything i was just like i don't think that my brain could handle that long term i just don't think i'm that type of person so i Hmm. figured out a weird way to weasel into it but music in particular is a really difficult industry to break into because it's an amazing industry to work in if you can. If you can get into it, it's it's just very rewarding and it's very cool and it, you get to do a lot of really interesting and neat things. And therefore, the supply of people that want to get into it is extremely high as well because of all those reasons. On the other side of the coin, there aren't that many people lining up to be underwater welders. And that is why that job is extremely high paying. And if you put in the time and have the skills to get into it, you can you can become an underwater welder, I think, easier than you could a really, you know, not, not easier from a physical perspective because it's one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. But easy, right. you could get into it. It's a more direct line. There's not there's not that many ways to get into it. There's a way to get into it. And, and if you follow point a to point b to point c you will become an underwater welder with music right. that's not really the case uh, yeah I don't know if that made any sense but that made perfect sense Mu- yeah yeah the music industry is dense um just musicians alone dense and there is there are different ways to come at it there's different ways to be brought into a circle it all starts with you got to start small you know you, you build a community you build a network and that that grows and in this day and age of the internet, 
it's never been easier to, to grow your circles. And obviously, if you travel a lot, you meet more people and you have more connections. But, you know, some a lot of people get into music. I'm talking specifically working in music. You know, a lot of people go to school and they build a network through school and they start there. A lot of people might have just friends that are like-minded and they just play together and they eventually work their way into a scene. Some people just go to jams or open mics, you know, write, play their songs and they meet people that way. Some people are brought in through family. Some people are brought in through, who knows, like forums, like putting bands together and meeting people. There's so many different ways to get in. And there's no better way or wrong way. Like it's, everyone's just got a slightly different path. And it's not about how you get there. It's just, it's about getting there and making an impact and trying to work and, and stay working, really. That's that's the goal with music. Because not, not every gig is forever. You got to just go from the next gig to the next gig and keep looking ahead down the road and looking out for yourself. And you know, no one said it'd be an easy job, but Typically, everyone that does it, we do it because we love it, not because. Well, definitely, no one is definitely trying to get rich playing music, but you know, it's it's for the soul. <laughs> well, some people are trying to get rich because of it. Let's some be people honest, are trying, yeah, yeah. I don't sure. know anyone, but you know, some people are. I just don't know. I don't know them personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing, you know, because like obviously the top one percent, you know, do really really well for themselves to say the least but that is the top tippy top one percent and almost none of those folks got there by accident like right maybe right, there's I one mean, person who, who could say that but almost no yeah you know i i i know for a fact and i i truly believe you know a lot of people can be at the right place at the right time and that can really make someone or break someone it can it can really have an impact but even the ones that had, you know, the experience of being at the right place at the right time, they've all put the work in. They, uh, they, they have been at it for years and years before we ever heard of them. You know what I mean? It's not like these. It's it's put in the media, and we're 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 like molded to expect that any new person that comes on the scene or starts break breaking out, it's like wow. Lucky them, you know, they they got their lucky break. They just started, it's like, fuck no, they've been at it for years and years and years. Uh, and people forget that it's not just talent, it's, it's hard work. And that's what kind of gets everybody there. And it's a grind. So, so many people who we all love and respect, you know, they struggled just like everyone else forever and ever and ever. And... When they kind of got called up, they uh, all the struggling kind of gets put behind, and no one really hears about that. It's just about the now and the oh, look how great this person is! Ah, yeah, the, this band is. It's like yeah, you didn't think we were great when, you know, when we'd go to, I don't know, Louisville and play to four people, <laughs> or uh, you know, just stuff like that. It's important. I mean, without fail, like. I can't remember who the last like best new artist I uh, I heard. I think maybe it was maybe it was Margot Price. I can't remember so whoever won like a a best new artist. 
I like knew of the, I'm like, I know I've known of them for four years and they've been doing it longer than that. So are they new? Like what constitutes exactly. new? It's like 10 years to, to get to an overnight success type of story. That's the exactly. classic thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. It was, you know, it was really interesting. Like Chris Stapleton's a good example. He, he's huge now. Um, and I was playing, we were doing the Kayamo cruise in January of 2016. And for those that don't know what Kayamo is, it's like, it's like an Americana roots festival on a cruise ship. So it was like Casey Musgrave, Jason Isbell, John Prine, John Hyatt, Chris Stapleton. It was like a stack. Amazing. It was, it was amazing. And Stapleton had just basically blown up that November. That's when the CMAs happened with Timberlake and all that stuff. I don't know if you remember that. I do. You saw that. So he had <clears throat> he had his album out already, uh, Traveler. And he was touring a lot of the places that we were doing as well. I'm saying this is when I was playing with the Brothers Landers. You know, like small rooms. Uh, he would be doing the exact same thing. And suddenly this thing happened and he just kind of erupted. And first of all, people don't, a lot of people don't know, but they probably know now, it's like he spent most of his career you know in struggling bands and just being a songwriter so like nine to five writing songs every day and then this happened and it was really interesting to see him on the Kayamo thing because got to chat with him got to chat with his family because we'd always be there was like this artist room that no one went to that had private eating if you wanted and a ping pong table so we'd be there all the time and he'd go eat there with his his family his in-laws and they were all really nice. They were all just kind of going through the motion of, wow, you know, it is kind of changing for us and it's kind of changing really fast. And we're just, we're holding on to the rail and we're just going along for the ride and seeing what happens. And sure enough, you know, a couple months, a few months after that, he was already that summer. I think he was already playing some arenas and huge amphitheaters and it was just blowing up and growing and growing. It was just really to see, really interesting to see someone who's been working hard at it and struggling who still has that same head on their shoulders uh starting to see the payoff kind of happen and yeah it's kind of a beautiful thing is he as cool as he seems like he is he seems like the coolest guy to hang out with yeah i I mean I, i talked to him for just a few minutes and uh yeah he's exactly if you've ever seen an interview or he's just him there's no act I love it. I love it. And yeah. he is phenomenal. I mean, that's a that's a guy who definitely deserves everything that he's experienced lately cuz yeah, he's he's been at this a long long time. A very long time. Totally. And and you know what? And all all those other names I listed, I mean, you better believe they've been all, they've all been at it for so long before they blew up too. Everyone has. It's it's just that's the the difference between style and substance. You know, some people will kind of blow up because they're they're following some kind of trend right now that works really well, and it'll kind of fade pretty fast. They're and the other side of just putting the work in, really developing who you are and your craft, that sticks around forever. You know, you put the work in, you put the time in, and it'll work for you. It's got it's got its own legs. You know. So we've talked a lot about your experiences and like just working, basically. Just put in the work. 
through yeah. all this, I'm sure you've learned some things though. Like what is, what are some things that you experienced that you would caution, you know, up and coming musicians ag- against, or like some things that you fell into that maybe didn't work out the way you thought, or just any general advice? Um, I, I typically say the same thing whenever I've been asked this, but the, the thing I already said is that, you know, no one's out there to, some people might have your back, but no one's really actively looking out for you because everyone's sitting at home worrying about themselves, right? Everyone's thinking, how am I going to, how am I going to work in this pandemic? Or how am I going to get some gigs? How am I going to work? How am I going to do this? The last thing they're kind of thinking is, how can I get, (laughs) how can I get Blake some gigs? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just (laughs) not how we think. We, We all think for us. So like, you know, put focus to that and think of any any way to get out there you know even if you don't feel like going out this is obviously non-pandemic times but like you know maybe you don't want to go to that gym maybe you don't want to go to that open mic or maybe you don't even want to go see that band playing that your friends are saying but you never know who you might meet you really might hit it off with someone that has a good connection to this or that is trying to start their own band or opportunity and it could really lead to something and you will never know or what could happen if you don't go and I had to, I had one other thing and it's kind of escaping me right now. One sec. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in making things happen for yourself, hustling is the most important thing. And just as important as playing well and being good at what you do, you just got to be nice. So much of being a musician is the social aspect. You know, hanging out at rehearsals, hurry up and wait at a gig. You're just hanging out all the time. And don't get me started on touring. You're sitting on airplanes, you're sitting in vans, you know, some of you sit are sitting on buses. Most of the day is hanging out. Only one and a half hours of the day maybe is spent playing a show. The rest is just hanging out. So you got to make sure you treat everybody with respect and just be a person that everyone else wants to be around. Because... Chances are you may not be the best player, but you might be a really nice person. The guy next to you or the girl next to you might be the best player in the room, but not really a kind person. You better believe you'll probably get that gig just because you're showing that you're professional, you're keen, you know, you're you're wanting to be there and you're just respectful and you're a nice person. So those things really go a long way for sure. I think that actually applies to most professions if i'm being honest i know that oh, I like bet. yeah so i think i've told this story on the podcast before i don't remember for sure if i have so apologies if this is a repeat for people but back in the you know 2008 uh financial crisis i was working for a caterpillar dealer and you know what? it was a wow. it was a job yeah yeah oh yeah i was a i was a mechanic for a, a long time and then I worked in the oil industry and now here I am. So <laughs> that's wow. the condensed version. But wow. uh, yeah, I worked in as a as a caterpillar mechanic and I was one of the more junior guys there at the time. And they obviously were experiencing a huge decline in sales and work and they were laying people off. And it kind of came down to I only know this because I found out later, but it came down to me and another guy who we basically got hired at the same time, whether, you know, who was going to go and who was going to not. Now, technically, he'd been there a little bit longer than me, like maybe like a week. 
So he technically had seniority, but he was also a jerk. And so mm. <laughs> he got let go and I stayed on, which I'm, you know, was thankful for, obviously. And I don't wish ill will on that guy, but that's what I found out later. I didn't know why he, he got let go and I didn't because I just assumed it was going to be me. But like talking to the boss a few months later, I was like, hey, what what was the deal there? We both have about the same skill level, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he's like, well, nobody liked him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, there you go. I think that applies all that to say, I think that applies in everything. So just be cool. Just be cool. Just people. be cool. Just as, be as, nice. To the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. I know it's hard, especially right you know, now. There's, yeah, there's always going to be that that seem to make it work and slip through the cracks and just people don't see them the way that everyone else sees them, so to speak. You know, like the important people don't really see it. There'll always be those people, but just, you know, all you can do is you can't control others and you can't, you can't shape how others are going to be. You can only do that for yourself. So don't worry about everyone else and don't compare to how they are. Just like focus on you. You know, the more you worry about your own trajectory and your own progress, the, fa- the farther you'll get than if you're just worrying about what everyone else around you is doing and how they're doing it. Just, just stay on your path. And that, that too is applies to everything, not just music. Yeah, definitely don't spend too much time comparing yourself to other people because you'll just make yourself crazy at that point. It just... Totally. But it, I mean, it's it, the most it, normal thing to do. It's like you can't... It is. No one can help but do that, especially... Um, with the internet, you know, everyone makes a mountain out of nothing. Like, oh, look at this opportunity today. I got, it can literally, like, my point is that it could literally be nothing, but people have a way of spinning it to make you feel like you're having a lesser of a day or of an experience than they are. And, you know, <clears throat> people don't want to see someone that is always constantly looking around their shoulder, seeing, if people are looking at them, it's just people want to see driven, focused people that are just eyes forward and and moving forward. That's all that matters. It's a, uh, it's, it's so hard. You're right. It is the most human thing to do is to compare yourselves to others, and social media has made that easier than ever and more accessible than ever. That's one of the the downfalls about it. But I think it's important for everybody to remember that. And myself included, like, I'm not going to post about, you know, the negative things that are happening to me on there. And it's not because I'm trying to give a rose colored glasses viewpoint of the world. It's because nobody wants to hear me complaining. Like, nobody cares. (laughs) Like, that's my problem. Deal with it. You know what I mean? But of course, I'm going to post the cool stuff so that people can see that this is possible. You know, that's really what it is for me. It's like these things are possible. If I can make these things happen, you can make these things happen, too. Because I'm right. just a dude who talks to people on the internet, and sometimes <laughs> things work out pretty cool. <laughs> so just yeah. keep grinding. Yeah, man. It's all we can do. Just keep grinding. So we haven't talked about what we were supposed to talk about. So let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about. You got a new single coming out. Yeah. Yes, I do. Tell um, me more about just... it. Yeah. Well... Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm assuming it's out already, um, the song, or or not. But the song is called Coming Back, and it's the, it's, yeah, it's the first tune from this next chapter of music. 
from me. New album. Uh, really excited about it. Obviously, plans have changed, like it, like it has for everybody with the plan to put out music and be hitting the road. But you know, it, it it's all about the music. The most important thing is that I just want to put some music out there and uh, getting started with a new chapter. And yeah, I yeah, the song. You know, if you're familiar with the last record, it's kind of similar, but it's also a little different. It's a little, I don't want to use the word fresh, but it's just evolved a little bit in a different way, but it comes from the same place. I just wanted to put out something that was different and some a song that no one has heard yet. You know, a few songs I recorded, I've been playing live for the better part of a year and a half or so. And, and this is one of them that has not been performed. So I just wanted to make sure it was all brand new. Well, I was really enjoying it. I, I thought the lyrics were pretty cool and I, uh, I haven't showed it to my wife yet, but I have a feeling she's really going to dig it because, uh, well, I don't know. I'm always yeah, happy she's... when it passes the wife test. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show it to her later today, but I was really into it. I, uh, I really like what you do and I think it's, uh, you know, what, what I think you do really well. And I don't know if people have told you this before, but in, in my perspective, you, you do these rather complicated things on the guitar, but you do it in a way that fits into more traditional song structures and, and works musically. You know, some people are just shredders and that's awesome. And it just blows guitarist minds, but it doesn't necessarily work in a more traditional or even a pop context the way your right. guitar work does. I know you can get crazy if you want to, but it always just, the playing serves the musics very well. And I think that's, that's what you do. That's unique to you. And I don't, I can't really think of very, very many other players that do that as well as you do. So good job. Well, thanks man. Thank you. I mean, I, I definitely could, uh, there are millions of other great musicians who are, who come from the same mind of, you know, serving a song, uh, I'm I'm happy to be if I can be a small part of that. Uh, so I do appreciate you saying that. But yeah, I'm just I'm honestly not a well. It's I don't have to say honestly. Like I'm just straight up. I'm not a shredder. <laughs> you know, I play the way I play, and uh, I just like songs more than playing in terms of recorded music. I don't I don't necessarily. I mean, I used to listen to a lot of instrumental music and specifically guitar music, but it's just not where my head's been at these days. So I just, I like songs and, you know, a lot of people know me as a guitar player and I, I want to make sure they're happy if they're not as much lyrics or singing or melody kind of people, at least get, throw them some kind of guitar bits. But most of the guitar playing, I like to save for live shows because so much of it is in the moment interacting with the band uh for for record like on the records i like to just keep it pretty civilized I, there's a lot of time spent to the sounds and the parts and the playing but you know a little just not too much of anything so to speak just less is more so that when it does happen hopefully there's a bit more impact um than it being on 100 percent of the time what is your rig looking like these days like did it change at all for this this upcoming record um, lots, I, I used a lot of different stuff and a lot of the same stuff. 
for the amp, I, I, I use the exact same two rock traditional clean for the entire thing. There's one song I, I don't want to give too much away, but I, I used something else because I was running. It was actually more of an acoustic setup. It was very kind of interesting, but every, every song primarily is at two rock traditional clean. And it's just, it's just home. You know, I, I can take that head to the studio. I can set up a 112 cab, a 212 cab, and a 412. And I will get three different variations of a sound that I need and, and am used to. And it's not just, you know, one sound. I can get, I can pull so many different things out of that one platform. And that's the important word is that it serves as like such a great platform and base to do so much other stuff so you know with pedals uh i have my recording studio board with a bunch of stuff that i would really never use live just because it's way too complicated and i need to really just sit there and dial something in use it and then be gone with it uh but i i brought in you know i brought a full bag of different fuzz pedals a couple over different overdrive pedals yeah i try try to always switch it up and always try to find new sounds and I'm not like, I'm not pushing barriers, of course, but I can only, like I said, I'm only comparing to, to what I've previously put out, you know, if I've, if I've used a lot of overdrive and tremolo and big reverbs and, and fuzz pedals, you know, I'll do the same, but I want to make it different. And then I want to take those things too, and like find a way to put a different spin on them. And a lot, a lot of that comes out with the miking technique as well. Yeah. There was just a lot of different experimental things done which was really fun but it all came from the same place if that makes sense mm -hmm. but that, just, that, that didn't answer your question though what's my rig uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> well for, yeah, for this well, song well, yeah go, for yeah, this go song with the song specifically yeah yeah so it's the two rock um right out the gate there's these two tracks playing these pretty clean chords and i think it was my the jazz master and the sir together and all the clean stuff is primarily those guitars the the overdriven fuzz bits that was all my mule actually the uh the posen caster if you will the mm -hmm. strato mule um and that's all i use on this song so the fuzzes would have been the king tone mini fuzz and the dan drive i think it was the equatus so I just like switched between them and tried to get different sounds. And I was either running, for the cleaner stuff, I was running my signature broadcast pedal, the AP broadcast. And then for the dirtier stuff, I was running a duelist with, with those fuzz pedals. Always have a, an overdrive on after the fuzzes. I don't just, I, I'll almost never use the fuzzes just on their own. And that was primarily it. Amp reverb, you know. Oh, and, I, oh, and the tre sorry, there was one more thing. The tremolo was from my Victoria Reverberato, which is I always use for okay. recording as well. Tell, tell, sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. No, good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you because I could hear that. <laughs> I was like, what? There's tremolo on there. But uh, yeah. there we go. That's what that is. But tell me about the the difference between the standard broadcast, which I've played before, and I don't have any idea why I don't own because I really love that pedal and your version what are the difference differences there okay well 
for those that aren't familiar with the original broadcast, it's a it's a preamp. It's supposed to be like plugging it into a Neve console, like Helter Skelter and all those old you know recordings from the '60s. It's a germanium. Basically, it's like a germanium overdrive pedal. You know, you can really push it and get some fuzzy kind of sounds with it. You can get some slightly overdriven, low gain sounds. Um, and I'm a huge user of that pedal. I've always loved it. Um, and I just wanted to do something different and simpler. So rather than volume, gain, low cut, and oh, what's the fourth? Oh, and then there's a knob that you can go from like the, there's like a two there's a, it's two channels, so you can go the normal channel or you can go to like a more it kicks it engages another drive so it gets really distorted. So I never really used that, so I wanted to do it much simpler. So it's just volume, gain, and a low cut switch, so you can turn it on or off. Gotcha. And it's and it's silicon. So to me, it's a bit more smoother. It's a bit warmer. And it just works great. It can do a really low, like broken up clean sound. It can do a medium overdrive and it can do the fuzz thing. And if you open up the back and mess with the trimmers, you can get some of that broken battery type sounds. You can get it really clean. You know, you can run it at nine volts or you can run it at 18 or higher. I think you can go up to 24. I might be wrong about that. Um, but if you want more of that headroom, you can get it. Or if you want it compressing earlier, you can get that too. It just... I know I'm biased, but it is a really, a really good pedal. You know, you could use it on keys. We've used it on some bass stuff. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Hmm. I'm really going to need to get one. I got to fix this <laughs> lack of broadcast <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I borrowed one for a, a few months. I don't know, maybe like a year, year and a half ago from a guy here in Portland. Hi, Jesse. If you're listening to this. Hello. Um <laughs> And I was like, man, I got to get one of these. And my friend Jess came over and played it. And he's like, man, I got to get one of these. And for, for some he may have picked one up. But for some reason, I didn't. And now I feel dumb. So, But maybe maybe I was just waiting for your signature one. Because that was not Maybe you were. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what's happening. The original, bro the OG is like fantastic. But if you like a simpler setup and it's more straight, like cut to the chase, no nonsense then that might be the one for you. Just, you know, cut to the chase. Give me the sound. The it's chase. good. Give me the tones. Give me the things. Yeah. Well, man, uh, let's see. We're closing in on the end. We got a few more minutes left. We can we can get into some stuff. Sure. I, I think we talked about this last time. I think we talked about playing slide and all that. But one thing that has happened in between now and then is... I know we talked about your string gauges and how everyone's always like, oh, they're so heavy. He must have the strongest fingers in the world. And I think I may have said something similar when we last did the interview. But I got to try your Posen caster at Matt's booth here at the last Nam, And it was like a mm. big thing I wanted to go try. I was like, I got to go try it. I got it. You know what? I was able to play it just fine. You know, <laughs> you, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's not bad. It's really not. I should also clarify that, like, I think people think that I only play, like, the 17 to 64, but that I only do that when I'm playing the baritone thing. Like, I, I play standard tuning 
so much of the time. You know, if I go with the lower open tunings or the B standard baritone type tunings, that's when I'm that's when I'll do it. I, I I'm getting a lot of times where like I'm I'm literally just playing an acoustic guitar or I'm just playing standard electric stuff. People are like, oh man, those strings are so he- I could just see how heavy those are. It's like honestly they're not. Like <laughs> it's all don't worry about it. It's not. It's just normal. But yeah, um the seventeen the the heavier gauge on the on the mule caster, yeah, the whole point was that you could play lower tuned and it'll still feel like standard tuning. It'll still feel like grabbing a strat and with tens or elevens on it. I would compare this to more like playing elevens or twelves, to be honest, but it's just about matching the tension. And that's what's going on. And that's why A, it feels semi-normal and you can bend on it. And that's why it sounds like guitar, you know, barit- proper baritones with with longer scale length sound like bass to me, and it's they sound wicked. It's a, it's a sound, all right, but I want it to still sound like a guitar. So the twenty five and a half scale length with that gauge of strings just it it kind of balances out to just be guitar as you know it, just slightly down the octave, and you can do that in D standard. D flat standard, C standard, and then B standard. You could probably even go lower, although that might be a little low for me. I I, I only do it because A, I wanted to try to do something different. And I'm it's it's kind of a pain in the ass to bring a baritone guitar with a longer scale length, especially if you're just putting your guitars in, you know, double gig bags that generally won't fit. It'll be too long, like the neck is too long. So it's all about transport. It's all about efficiency and and just something different. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think uh, Matt took a picture of me playing it, and I posted it, and people were like, "What are you doing?" And all I was doing in that picture was seeing how well I could bend the strings. <laughs> like somebody was like, "What chord is that?" And why are you doing that? I'm like, "I'm just trying to see how they bend." And that's when he took the picture. I'm not doing You're anything like, in just, particular. It's, it's called playing guitar. You should try it. <laughs> I mean, it does look really weird. Like it's a very, it's a weird hand position. But I was literally just like, I wonder how bendy these are. And like I've heard, you know, Ariel made a lot of sense when he explained it to me. And let me let me give it a try. And just at that moment, Matt took the picture, and I, yeah, people give me crap. What are you even doing there? I'm like I'm just testing. Leave me alone. I'm just testing. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, I was act. I was like, yeah, this feels just fine. This feels exactly, I mean, they're, they're bigger. So it felt like I was pressing on something larger than I was used to, but tension wise, it was totally fine. I loved it. I actually really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's, it's don't just freak fun. Out it's people. different. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's nothing at all. Like playing standard tuning with 13s or something like that, you know, like that is way, way harder than like, that's not, that's. Playing with the 17s in, in B tuning, I wouldn't even put in the same category as playing standard tuning. Like the tension is just so much tighter with those heavier strings. It's it's you need to like consistently play every day for years just to keep up your strength training. So yeah, I encourage you to try it out. You're gonna be happily surprised. As long as you get your guitar set up properly, you're gonna be happily surprised how similar it is to what you're already doing. Yeah, it was making me look around the room and go, which of these standard scale length guitars should I try this with? I don't know which one. I'm 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 tempted to try my my Tele Custom with it. 
I think yeah, that the first really cool. the first one I did was with the telly, and I do recommend it because you know that bridge pickup is so bright and snappy. It almost balances. If you get something too dark, like humbuckers, or I have a Les Paul style guitar, single cut with that same setup, and it's a beast. Like it's really good for certain things, but most of the time it's just a little too much. It's too dark in some scenarios. So a telly is like the perfect blend of, you know, it can be low output, but it's bright. Uh, it does all the sparkly things and it just takes in the lower frequencies and just kind of balances it out in an entree style sonic form that is pleasing to play and to listen to. Yeah. I have taken that guitar and, and parked it down low before with regular strings and it sounded fantastic, but it was obviously like just like playing with spaghetti. It felt like trash. So that's probably yeah. the one I should tr give it a try with. Yeah. And like the setup is the most important thing. I mean, if, if you, if you have your action kissing the fret, the fretboard, you know, if the strings are kissing the fretboard and there's, there's no height, it's going to, it's, obviously it's going to feel bad, but it's going to sound really bad too. So you got to, you just got to get used to a slightly higher bit of action. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, just high enough that you're not buzzing out or fretting out. 100%. All right. So last time you came on, I don't think I had this question as one of the final questions. So I'm going to hit you with it. I'm going to be very okay. curious to see what you say. What is your favorite boss pedal? Ooh, well, um, my first one, my first ever pedal was the orange one, the, the overdrive one or the super distortion or what's the orange the DS one? one? Yeah. The the DS one. one. Thank you. But, uh, I think my favorite boss pedal is the, their octave pedal. I think that is the a timeless. OC2? Is that the right the one? The OC2. Yeah. Like the maroon colored thing yeah i don't yeah, yeah. i actually don't own one but that is the one boss pedal that if i'm seeing on a rack with a bunch of other pedals and i'm maybe doing a session chances are i'm not going to need an octave sound um and actually i did own one i just i'm sad that i sold it years ago uh that would be my favorite one that i've truly just felt joy from playing it i'd say that one number one number two is the trim the green trim. I'm sorry, I don't know any the TR2. of the Yeah, the TR2. TR2. Mm -hmm. And then in third third and final place, I would say the Dimension C chorus they put out, uh, I want to say two years ago. Oh my God, that is two years ago now when I, I helped do the videos for them. And uh, if you're a chorus guy, it's, that, it's, the, it's, it's the sound. Pretty amazing. That's awesome. Solid, solid polls. I, I'm <laughs> always curious. I'm, a lot of people are just like, it's the tuner. I'm like, well, you know, that's boring, but I get it. <laughs> you know what, though? I do get I, it. Why does everyone say the tuner? Just because it's consistent and good? Yeah, and you can throw it into a, a wall and it's still going to work. People don't realize that you can actually run, probably not true stereo, but you can actually take it out from the other side on the left side of that pedal and run two amps, too. From the I pedal. never thought of that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Hmm. Yep. Now maybe I need to finally buy a TU2. <laughs> I've never owned one. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I, I, the only reason I don't use a TU2 is because those polytunes are just—they take up less room. 
mm-hmm. you know i don't care what it i don't really care what the tuner is as long as it works and is tiny and doesn't take up space so you know if yeah. they made a smaller version i would be happy to use that too yeah i uh i'm actually assembling a pedal board i know i know audience you don't freak out i haven't completely lost my mind but i'm actually assembling a pedal board right now and uh i opted to go without the tuner which seems kind of crazy but i just oh yeah i wanted an extra fuzz and i got plenty of headstock tuners i know that's not very rock and roll but i wanted another pedal it's not rock and roll but i'm seeing a lot of people do that um i will i think it makes sense i am i'm vain enough that i will take it off when i start playing and I'll put it on the mic stand <laughs> or something. But <laughs> well, if you're using if you're using one of those polytune clip-ons, at least you can hide it behind. You know, like it, right. it folds, so you can f- yes. really just hide it behind. So it looks like there's just one little thing that no one would even notice. So I think you're okay. I I, I approve. It'll for be this fine, message. right? I, yeah, it'll be fine. That's all Definitely I need is your approval. <laughs> well you have it I, I only got you on to try to get your approval that's the only reason so thanks for that oh great no problem well see you later <laughs> okay later okay <laughs> well before we wrap up here I forgot to let you just like completely plug and like put up a billboard tell anybody anything you want to tell them and uh, then we'll we'll sign off oh yeah well uh, no shows at the moment but uh, new single coming back uh, September 18th, it might already be that date or it might be just a couple of days out. Don't know, but yeah, check it out. Check it out. Spotify, Apple Music, all the places you can stream or steal music. Share it with your friends and hope you like it. Yeah. Sounds good. See you on the road Sounds in good. 2022, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Yeah. All right, everybody. For Ariel, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you're doing well. Thank you all so much for the support over the years. If you want to hear more audio content delivered to your ears every week, you know where to go. You go to Patreon. Patreon? Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for five bucks a month, you can get extra episodes beamed directly to your ears every week. And the support over there means the world. It's been tremendous. It's helped out a lot during this insane 2020 year, like quite literally keeping the lights on. So thank you to all of the supporters over there and so many who have supported over the years. It's been incredible. And yeah, I hope to continue to be able to do this for a very, very long time. I've got more in store for you. I'm really excited and As of right now, I should be back on the 30 videos, 30 day train over on YouTube, which isn't exactly that anymore, but I'm going to keep calling it that because whatever, I'll tack these days that I missed onto the back end. We'll make sure it's a legit thing, but I've had a lot of fun over there. I've gotten a lot of good feedback, both in the comments on YouTube and just in the other platforms on Instagram, in the Facebook group, all that stuff. Uh, If you want to interact with me in regards to the videos, it sounds kind of crazy, but if you could keep it on YouTube, that's great because YouTube loves to see that interaction. They love to see people engaging with the content. And while I always appreciate messages on any platform, if you are on YouTube, you have an account. I know I'm a bit of a YouTube lurker myself. I don't do this as often as I should, but uh, 
you know, drop me a comment over there. And I am trying to get back to everybody that comments that's not a complete troll. So anyway, YouTube, the Tone Mob, I'm trying to focus on that. That's my big focus for 2020. And yeah, we're going to keep doing the podcast, keep things cranking. I'm jabbering at this point. Let's get off this so you can get to something else. All right, goodbye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.